What? I get another beer real quick. Up, guys. My bad. I just yes, the whole intro. Yes, <laughs> of course. Up, of up, course, up. you can I get another beer. Sure you fucked up your whole intro right now. It's all good. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Anyway, what's up, y'all? It's good. I'm Kane. Slurred Sports. If you don't know. Um. Today. We're just gonna talk baseball. That's it. Straight cruise. We're just talking baseball today. Straight baseball. All right. This one might be a little bit more sentimental for you guys. Well, for us. If you guys want to listen to us rant, it's probably going to be a longer episode. Probably. We're going to talk about the evolution of baseball. Now, it's a very fancy way to say how baseball has changed in the 20 years that we've been watching baseball. Which is not a lot in the span of this game. It's not, but I feel like just... We've seen some drastic changes in baseball in these short 20 years. So, we will start at the beginning. The steroid era. Yes. This is our beginning. Literally our beginning. Our introduction to baseball. The steroid era. I thought it was a a simpler time. What an era. A simpler time. Just training D-ball and home runs, you know? Or if you're Mark McGuire, just creatine. Supposedly. Supposedly. Uh... It's it's so... I like... Everybody loved it. Nobody cared what the fuck you were taking. Nobody cared. They just liked you seeing just hitting bombs, and that was it. With high numbers as well, high other numbers. Putting people in seats. Putting mad people in seats. Putting people actually in seats. having ESPN be fucking, literally fucking caring about the Cardinals and Cubs when it came to Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire's fucking home run race. So I remember. What's your first steroid era like? You wanting to go see a player during the steroid era? I remember. Oh, Barry. I remember that I went to go see Barry during the home run chase, and he played in Houston. Mm-hmm. And we had gone to go see my uh, my tío and my tía at a uh, at their house in Houston. Yeah. And just happens like Barry's closing in on the home run number, or it's it's the year that he went he takes over the number. So whatever their their last away series is in Houston, that's mm-hmm. what we went to. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's it's the Astros. So you know ch- tickets are cheap. They are horrible. They're absolutely atrocious at this time. Tickets are maybe seven dollars, and um, and we go and I'm just the whole point is to go watch Barry Bonds just hit a home run. Just to go watch Barry Bonds hit a home run. We're going to go all the way, drive an hour and a half down to Minute Maid Park, which is a fucking shithole. You ever been to Minute Maid Park? It's fucking horrendous. Like We were there for tour, and they let us stand on the grass. On a baseball field. That is unheard of. And that grass got fucking demolished. Oh, we fucked up that grass. I did so many things on that grass, I wouldn't even want to say it on this podcast. It's almost incrimination. Um, but, anyways... <laughs> Minute Maid Park, it's whatever year it is. I'm a fucking kid. No glove or anything at the game. I'm just in there fucking waiting to see fucking Barry Bonds hit a fucking moonshot. Sure enough, hits a fucking moonshot. It made the whole game worth it. Dude, I wish my Barry Bonds story went like that, but they walked him four times. (laughs) I went to a Dodger game against the Giants, and again, Dodgers were horrendous at this time. 
there's probably maybe like 7,000 to 10,000 people in the stands. Mom bought me and my dad tickets. We go around third baseline. I'm just happy to be there. I'm happy to watch the Dodgers. I'm happy to see fucking Barry Bonds fucking play before he fucking retires. Straight intentionally walked in. And this was this was a time before waving up the four and just sending him to first base. Yeah, you got to throw. I saw four sixteen pitch, pitches, pitch outs. pitch outs, sixteen pitch outs just for him to walk four <laughs> times, and I was devastated. And it sounds weird because you know it's all about fuck the Giants as a Dodger fan. It's like, dude, I just wanted to see Barry Bonds in a fucking nuke, and I never got to see that. But when we talk about the steroid era, you got to understand that. These fucking assholes that run the league capitalize off this shit. No matter what, they make money. Make money no matter what, right? And then now we're seeing, you know, players like Tatis, players like even even way before, like Nelson Cruz, whatever. Oh, well, you're suspending this many games for, for getting popped for roids. And nowadays, you fast forward to players who retired. Oh, uh, yeah, you brought the game. You made it exciting. You know, everybody will remember you, but we can't put you in the Hall of Fame because you're suspected of steroids. And it's bullshit. Complete bullshit. This is not the steroid Hall of Fame episode, Bruce. It's yes. not. But I'm just saying, like it, like very it, true. Like, Barry, game, Barry, Bonds, Barry Bonds, Mark, Mark McGuire, A. Rod, all, all very deserved. I'm the mad Hall right now because I'm trying to find a Mark McGuire fucking jersey for my 25th birthday, and everybody's bought one all of a sudden. <laughs> fucking pissed. I try to find the Kelly green, not Kelly green, but the dark green one. Nah. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with the uh, uh, 25th birthday. That's a hard one, you know. 25 is like a number. It's a running backs number, you know. I think I'm gonna have to go football jersey this year. A baseball jersey, you know. I don't want to wear. I look for Reggie Bush ones, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, those were the good days though. It's fucking Kim K. I can't know? find. Was, I can't even find Lashawn McCoy ones. Uh, you know that. That's where I wanted to go, but. But I feel like baseball has also changed because obviously the contracts have changed, the mindsets changed, the 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 analytic view has changed the game. The fans, when it comes to them and their analytic stand standpoint in this game, has changed. Cause I like I remember being in an argument. It was hilarious. It was um, Ryan Howard's two thousand six MVP year. Okay. He went off for like 258, like I think 50 some home runs and like 150 RBIs. And I had a lot of people saying, well, he only had a two war. His defense wasn't good. He shouldn't have been MVP. I don't give a fuck. Like, what the f- Wait, whoa, whoa. And they're like, Do Albert Poole should have won it. So you're right. Albert Poole's had better numbers. You're right. But, dog, this. He he went off like this. When you when you talk about these guys in this era, right, and and you only get this this argument when you refer to past MVPs, right? It's only the it, when you refer to past MVPs and these advanced stats nerds are just like, oh well, this this this, you know, well this guy B War is better. Well, Baseball Reference wasn't a fucking website yet. It really wasn't. It really wasn't. And so here, and here's his stats right here. And I was wrong on the home runs. He hit 58 bombs. 06, 58 bombs, when you, 149 When rubies. you talk about 05, no, I'll even go back as far back as say 03. 03 to 2010, uh, Ryan Howard, mm-hmm. absolutely not. 
Bro, just look, look at from look at look at from Ryan Howard's standpoint from 06 to 2010. 58 bombs, 47 bombs, 48 bombs, 45 bombs, 31 bombs, 33 bombs, and after that just dropped. Like nobody's doing that no more and hitting 140 RBIs. And there's another thing what baseball has fucking changed. RBIs don't matter no more. According to these fucking advanced stat numbers, RBIs do not matter no more. It doesn't matter if you're capable of hitting and having a runners come in. It doesn't matter if you're able to bring runners in. It doesn't matter no more. That's, that's what I'm told. I, I find it absolutely crazy when, like, you think about these advanced stat guys. And then they compare older players under these advanced stats that didn't exist while they were playing the game of baseball. Here's the thing. They probably existed. Nobody just gave a fuck. I don't, think, I don't even think because when you, when you consider how many other stats are calculated to come up with these advanced stats... That's true. You yeah. know what I mean? They, these things weren't even on the fucking play, on the drawing boards. Advanced analytics is fucking. His MVP year, he had a 425 OBP with a 659 slugging. Your 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 OBP is 425. <laughs> and you're gonna sit here and tell me that he, he shouldn't have one MVP fucking P with a 659 fucking slugging with an OPS of 1084. The 383 I, I, total bases. I believe even current day with. Uh, slugging your league league average and slugging is about uh, what is it 480 to 520 yeah M- might even be lower than might that. be lower it might be 420 to like the average I think the average OBP is like 7 something not nah, no way has to be you just said OBP there's no way the average I mean not OBP OPS, OPS. OPS. okay so that means that the average the average OB, my fault. That was the, my fault. The average I mean, slugging is, that that means the average slugging is down to like four, uh, four twenty, and then the OB, OBP is probably like three three ten. Exactly. So you you're telling me that any guy that's he's slugging sixty five percent. He batted two. He batted, batted three thirteen while striking out one hundred eighty one times. That's fucking insane. And you're going to sit here and tell me that. And you know who it was, actually? It was mostly fucking Yankee fans are telling me that it was on Twitter. That it, it was an MVP that year. I'm not going to tell so you. So check your people. Chill, chill. All right. <laughs> chill. All right. Because I don't tell you over here checking, telling you to check every Dodger fan. This is a stupid fucking comment. I just call them, you know, a certain word. And that's just it for me. You know that. <laughs> so I do check those motherfuckers. But anyways, yeah. He was 26 years old. Came in the league. Third year in the league. And that was his. That was a slash line for his MVP year, and people try to sit here and tell me, "Nah, he wasn't good enough for MVP. His WAR wasn't good. His defensive wasn't good." Dog, listen, man. If if <laughs> if you're hitting close to sixty bombs and your defense is shit, I'ma still find you a way in this roster. There's gonna be a way for you to be in this roster. There is. I'm sorry. Don't care. What is it that if you look up Derek Jeter's postseason numbers, which is a whole person like is a one, it's a one, it's a whole season. Derek Jeter's postseason numbers over his entire career, it's a whole like hundred sixty-two games, I believe, and it's still an average slash line. You know, you get those players that just disappear in the postseason. Like, mm-hmm. no, if you look up Derek Jeter's career postseason numbers, I want to say it's like a, it's damn near a two seventy average. You can look that up right now. I looked up um, Albert Pujols' stats that year. 
he had a better OPS. I know that. Um, in 06, he went off for 49, 137. Only struck out. So he, had, he only struck out 50 times, but... <laughs> He so, only struck out 50 times, batted 330. So he had higher average. He had a higher average, less higher home runs, OPS. Less, less home, home runs, runs, yeah. Less RBIs. Yeah. In a day that RBIs and home runs meant everything. I mean, to me, they still do. But. It, it, yeah, but I guess now we can say that you could honestly say that you look at someone's slash line and the historic slash line, right, that the columns prioritize mm-hmm. are not always better than, are not always the the person with the best slash lines aren't always the award winners now. Because you take into consideration all these other stats. Your boy Jeter has a 308 batting average in postseason. I wanted to shoot low just so I didn't with look like... With an A38 OPS. I, I just wanted to shoot low. 158 games played. Hey guys, I know some shit about Derek Jeter. He's overrated though. I, I just had to lowball. I just had to lowball those numbers, right? Because I didn't want to be like, oh, he hit two sixty, two sixty in the postseason, and then I look like an idiot for saying he hit three hundred. But yeah. so in a regular season, in a regular season, like if this was a regular season, he would have had twenty bombs, sixty RBIs, with a batting average three hundred eight and an OPS eight thirty eight. When it mattered the most, yeah, he's overrated. Overrated. Overrated as fuck. Fucking hated man stats. But that's like, that's, it's bad. Like, I get, like, I, like, cause, like, talk a lot about, of the argument. Talk about is, his defense. A lot of the argument now is like, oh, well, we gotta stop using batting average as a stat. We gotta start using OPS. We gotta start using OPS plus, WRC plus. And I'm like, dude, you gotta understand something, bro. If you're batting 308 in the league just by hitting bloopers, you're still getting hits. You're still getting hits and <laughs> one. Any GM, any coach, any owner is going to be like, why the fuck is he not on my roster? Why? Why is he not on my roster? If all he hits is bloopers and gets on first base every single time I bet. DJ LeMahieu contract year. Our That's f- literally all. One of oh our first God. podcasts. One of our first podcasts. Mm-hmm. During the pilot season, this was like one of our first topics was fucking DJ LeMahieu in his fucking free agency years. When we paid him 15, it's 15 by over six years. It's 15 M's over six years. I remember the fucking deal. We talked about it and I was fucking pissed because I was like, why the fuck are we giving a 32 year old, repla- uh, uh, not replacement, re- utility player, mm-hmm. right? And I love DJ LeMahieu. If you, anybody knows me knows that I love everything that DJ LeMahieu brings to the Yankees. But I was pissed over the light. But it's because the dude fucking hit. I, I remember the COVID year. I texted you and was like, are we even, are, are we going to see someone hit 400 this year? Over the COVID year. And we were like, it, both of us said, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be DJ LeMahieu. And that's why you give him fucking 15 fucking million dollars AAV over six years when he's fucking 32. Paying a second baseman that you don't even, he doesn't even start. <laughs> he's like a utility guy. He's now. our utility guy and we pay him 15 million dollars. We have two of them. Oswaldo Cabrera is the other utility guy. We have two utility guys. It helps, though. It helps. It, it totally helps, but... But he, he hits. Batting average, bro. He, he hits on fucking base. He, he hits the baseball. And, and what has, have the Yankees been missing the past two postseasons? A fucking hitter. Dudes that can just get on base And the, the fucking postseason. problem is, too, is that people understand, like, hey, if this is the argument we're going to go by, batting average doesn't mean shit, then Rod Carew is ass. Tony Gwynn doesn't matter. 
Ichiro Suzuki doesn't matter. Pete Rose doesn't matter. Because all these dudes are obsessed with this power. Pete Rose doesn't matter because he gambled. Ooh, we're kidding. We're not going over that either. <laughs> uh, all these guys are literally care about power. And it pisses me off because last trade deadline, the amount of Dodger fans that sat here and said, I love Joey Gallo's game. He has a lot of pop in his bat. But he never gets on base. And he never hits the ball. <laughs> so I'm like, wait, so how... He has an 800 OPS. Yeah, he can draw a walk or two every game. Every now and then. But am I going to be looking for a walk from a power hitter when I got a man on third and second? It's, it's always great when he strikes out with running as a scoring position. Ooh, no. <laughs> Definitely not. Me, and then me. I got and then I got shit when because obviously last episode we talked about the shift right the shift was wholly exaggerated yeah and then the Dodgers started practicing on bunch with Gavin Lux and Max Muncy oh we're fucking cooked oh we're not even focusing on power anymore mind you this is a dead ball era there's a dead fucking ball unless you're Aaron Judge and that's it right and I'm like why does it matter he's gonna get on base no 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 because you gotta remember. The only reason Aaron Judge had those oh, numbers, they, his, they were switching the baseballs. Right, you're right. You're Remember? Right, right, and right. The, the other players, they don't have to play with the 314 line. It's just Aaron Judge it's that has to play with Judge. And then he has, and then he has a sh- Okay, yeah. You're right. They bring down the walls <laughs> and everything. It makes it way more confusing. No, but dude, I was like, dude, I was like, what I said was, like, well, he's going to get on base. Like, right now he's having trouble getting on base as it is. Like, this helps. Right? You know, bring those OPP numbers up a little bit. His batting average up. No, you know what? We need power. We're missing it right now. You know what's crazy though is like all these all these guys. You're like, but if he gets on base, it brings up his war, and that'll just blow their mind. That'll just blow Here, their and mind. Here's another fucking thing too, which it just it blows my fucking mind is I saw that in person on Chris Taylor, not Chris Taylor. It was Walker Buehler's bobblehead night. Max Muncy bunted down the third base line, got on base. Right? Oh my god. What the fuck are we doing? Chris Taylor is a two-run bomb right after. And I'm like, that's the whole point of this. That's only one run if he doesn't do that. Like, I was like, this is the whole point of this. Like, You guys have been arguing for a month on why this shit sucks. And it works. Max Muncy did it again like a month after. Bunted down the third baseline. They still put a shift and the runner was at first. Don't know why. Didn't care. Max Muncy bunted three-run bomb. It's almost like these baseball coaches and like these, you know, the base coaches, coaches. The timeline coaches. They know what they're doing. Oh, yeah. And then the dudes that are... And the guys on the timeline just... Yeah, you know what I mean? Just, I'm just like, I don't... I, I like it. I love it. Like, imagine if pitchers were allowed to bat still. They'd be mad because they're bunning. So, I don't expect fucking Clayton Kershaw to hit a two-arm bomb right now. A fucking a, 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 a one-run double. You know, I am glad that pitchers aren't hitting them. But either way, he can bunt down the line and get my guy a second, and then and you know what? You know what? The lineup switches. Oh fuck! Mookie's back up. Oh shit! I didn't think about that. Let you know. Let him. Let him swing. Let let him hit into a fucking double play and see what happens. Let's let's put the let's put the runner in scoring. I got so much shit for that dude on Twitter. I was like, there's no way that you. I was like, these guys have to be like 15, 16 years old. They literally, those kids literally found out graduated last year. And I was like, I'm done. I'm over this. This is, this is blasphemy. Like, what was that fucking video with fucking Stephen A. Smith? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude. 
I was like, come on, man. But that's baseball today, dude. Like, we, we, there will people, there, there's, there's going to be fans who, like, we can bring up, I think, Joey Gallo's 2019 year. 199, 38 bombs. He's good. Like, if your whole game is just about you no, hitting bombs. No, he wasn't. He was a Yankee that year. No, not 2019. My bad. Are you, are you talking about his last year with the uh, Rangers? His, his, I think his second to last year with Texas. I think I think it's either his last year or second to last year with Texas. His his last year, his his last his, the year he split between the Yankees and the Rangers, he hit two hundred exactly. Before that, then. So then it, he was a little over. It was like what two twenty. It was the season where he literally. I think it was a, it was something like one ninety nine thirty eight bombs with like seven. 80-some RBIs. It wasn't even 100. And it was probably 200 fucking strikeouts. But if that's your game, like, if your game, if you're literally just asked, if you're literally just asked, you know what? You're bad in cleanup. I don't care if nobody's on base. Do what you need to do. But if people are on base, I need you to knock them in. That's your fucking, that's your only job. Okay, cool. And then I get why you're batting 200. But if you're not even doing that with bases on, with players on bases, with players in scoring position... What the fuck? But people like his game because he can hit home runs. It's like fucking like basketball, Steph Curry, shooting up the threes. Now, the other 29 other teams are shooting up threes. Shooting fucking 29, 32% from three. Yeah, and, and at the end of the day, right, Steph has a green light because... He's Steph. No, no, no. All right, let's, let's shift his entire stat line to baseball. Mm-hmm. Right? His batting average <laughs> no, okay. comes back to being, yeah, yeah, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, let's, let's look at this conversation. And if you translate it, right, Steph's war, insane. Insane. Insane war, right? Home run rate, threes, right? Number is off the charts. Mm-hmm. He buried bonds in that situation. Yeah. Right? But that motherfucker hits. His batting average is 380. Yeah, he hits. You know what I mean? Day in and day out. It doesn't matter if he's hitting a double. You know what I mean? And that's what a lot of baseball players countered with this. Like, dude, he's hitting 300. Like, it, if you're hitting, I feel like if you're hitting 300 in the league, no matter what, you're, you're good. I, if you're, you're solid. I feel, like, I feel like if you're hitting 300 consistently, year, year, you know what I mean? Between, between I, uh, my numbers are 289 and 313. If you stay in that range year after year, just three years in a row, I think you're easily worth $15 million a year over. And you're maybe hitting 15, 20 bombs. I don't even give a fuck. Maybe, no, let's say 10 to 12. I don't care. If, if you're hitting between 289 and 313, trust me, I don't even look at your home run yeah. column. I personally, personally, I don't look at your home run column because I don't care because you're you're, your batting average speaks for itself. Because you got to remember, the walks aren't included on your batting average. Not at all. If if I walk walk up to the plate, they walk me four times like they walked Barry Bonds when you you went to the game, right? Mm-hmm. He's zero for zero that game with four walks. The OBP increases, the batting average doesn't. It doesn't at all. So if you're telling me that this guy is consistently a 289 to a 313 hitter, I'm not even looking at his walks. It doesn't matter because I'm not looking at his home runs either because it doesn't matter. I know that we're plus, we're just getting a that column is just a plus at that point. Because everything has to come off the batting average, in my opinion. If you're looking at WRC plus and OPS plus off the bat, you're not looking at the fucking game right. 
And that's where we we guys like us we catch these advanced stats nerds. We're like, well, yeah, fucking IKF has great advanced stats, but we just said Derek Jeter. Damn, if Derek Jeter's postseason career, which is a full season, that's damn near an MVP candidate season yeah. in that era. Yeah, in that era, you're talking about a three hundred three guy with fucking eight eight twenty six OPS coming from the middle infield. That's a fucking MVP in the middle of the two thousands. At least a couple time All Star. At least some. That's that's easily an All Star. Easily in that era. That's an All Star in this era. Eight hundred OPS with three hundred three batting average. That guy is not. That guy's gonna be playing in July at the All Star game. But like what we were talking about earlier too. It's like with um, what was I bringing up? Like back in the days when you think about power hitters. I mean these guys really hit for fucking power. Alfonso Soriano hit for fucking power. Ryan Howard hit for power. Power. Um. Our pools, one of the best power hitters ever. You can keep going down the fucking list. I'm gonna add Alex Rodriguez. You have to. Yeah, you can. All not. these fucking guys. These guys are easily getting over 130, 140, almost 150 RBIs. Miguel Cabrera, his fucking triple crown years. And then when you bring up his triple crown, you bring up his RBIs. Well, you know, RBIs are really, it's a really a bad stat. It's like, why though? Because at the end of the day, you are showing, as a coach, as a GM, you're showing me you can bring runners in. That's exactly what I mean. No matter what it is, that's exactly what the fuck I need. I need runners to cross the plate. I don't need you to hit the ball ball hard at the second baseman. Exactly. And you know, fucking out of all people that explained that perfectly was Ozzy fucking Guillen. Ozzy Guillen literally said it to the T. He said, he said, people care about this shit. I don't give a fuck if you hit the ball fucking hard. You're out. That's exactly what he said. And it's like, that's, that's the whole point. The whole point of baseball is to not get out. And like, we brought up fucking money ball. What did that fool say? You have to buy runs. That's the whole point of the game. That's that's really what it is. And that standpoint is really to buy runs. It's really to acquire runs. You're buying you're buying runs with your with your position players, and you're buying guys that don't allow runs in the mound of the bullpen. It's not fucking rocket science. Now, if am I going to be Steve Cohen and spend four hundred million to buy runs? Absolutely, fucking absolutely not. fucking not. But the whole point of the game is to score fucking runs. It's like for football, the whole point of the game is to get touchdowns. And for and, basketball, the whole point is to get that ball through that net. The whole point. I'm not gonna care. Now, once I sign you to a big contract and you know you're striking out 220 times and you're kind of declining, ah, uh, now we can bring up the situation. Hey, dog, you need to, you know, it's not what I'm paying up. you for. Just step your shit up. Yeah. You know, now we can talk about it. And that's another conversation too. I got so much shit for saying Mookie was ass for what his contract is paying him. Now, that was when he was in a badass slump. Let's start two months of the season batting 165. I was like, this man is not worth this 32 million. Well, what do you expect him to be? He's not a robot. Well, I expect him to be what his contract's paying him. I expect consistency. Take I'm gonna take my next statement with inflation considered. Okay. But I just want to remember, I just want to remind, I'm always going to go back to Derek Jeter, right? Franchise guy. Franchise guy in the time, in a time that the business was not so cutthroat. Yeah. Right? When you paid your franchise players, the guys that won you rings, if you won, if you won rings in the 2000s and the late 90s, right? If, if the, your key player won you a ring, he retired in your uniform. For the most part, mm-hmm. you didn't deal your you didn't deal that you didn't guy. Deal him. You no, didn't deal that guy because there was a sense of loyalty around the league. Now the, it's a fucking business. It's fucking money. You're chasing money. 
But in 2006, after five years of no no World Series, right? Brian mm-hmm. Cashman told Derek Jeter, go test the market and tell me what everyone offers you. Come back, and that's what we'll pay you. So you can stay in pitch stars, essentially. I paid him a little more. Adjusted for inflation, I think it, it's somewhere around. It was like a... I think now it'd be like 15, 20 million. Okay. Right? I'm going to look up just... Honestly, I've never known what Derek Jeter had gotten paid in the league. So... So I'm going to look it up myself. But you can keep going. And then... You you look at the production that he brought to the table. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the paycheck that Corey Seager just got. A couple years ago. Right? Yeah. They told him, they told you, test the market, come back. We'll pay you whatever that is, whatever your market is. Obviously, Cashman low-walled him at first, trying to get the easy sign, save some bet, money. And then... Save your fucking bite. Yeah, what is it? I think it's like it's like $8 million or something like that, AAV. Derek Jeter? Yeah. From what time to what time? I, what's his last contract? Because that motherfucker was getting paid $20 million a year. It, uh, before the last contract. The last contract's 20 mil. Let's see. He did two or three. Oh, it was um, three years uh, of $51 million. Three years, $51 million. What was yeah. the contract before that? Ten years, 189 I think that's that's the one that I'm talking about. Ten years, uh, 189 This is 19 or something. He signed that back in 01. Yeah, okay, 01. That's actually really, that's a decent-ass contract. But it was right after three World Series. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? You have someone that you, wins you through World Series now. Shohei Otani, uh, Otani wins you through World Series and then goes into a contract here. I'm going to say good luck. You have a good There's no way to fe- fucking even redo that. Imagine if Manny Machado won three World Series and then went back to the Padres and tried to renegotiate. Hey, uh, Manny, thanks. You'd for have to money. sell the fucking franchise. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You would have to sell the fucking franchise. And that's what I'm trying... Uh, I'm kind of getting at. You know, like... It... The... Because winning is so scarce in baseball now, like... Houston, Houston's doing something different. They're always a competitor. But their roster constantly changes. That too, but... You can keep going. Keep going. Like... I'll get back to Houston after. I'm just... Houston. I'm trying to... I guess what I'm getting at, right, is there's no way to maintain a core team anymore in this in this in this day and era, day and age of baseball. There's not. There's really not. You can't retain it. There, it's impossible. There's no. You can't. You you cannot maintain a dynasty now. Back to what you're saying about Houston, I feel like the mentality and mindset there is put in place way differently though. And what I mean by that is because. Look at the players that have so far signed extensions there. Jordan Alvarez just signed, I think, six year, $119 million. Could he have tested the market and gone 300 Easily a $30 million a year guy. If Christian Javier kept doing what he's doing, another. He could have. He, he signed six, five years, $64 million. His contract the last two years are back, low, or back two years are back low, so he's getting 21 20. 21 mil, the second to last year is last year, 20 mil. That's with a club option. Do you think he would have been able to test the market, let's say the left years he has left of arbitration and got over 100 million? Easily. Easily, right? 
Alex Bregman, if he had waited a little bit longer without what he had to deal with injury-wise, could he have waited and got at least almost $200 million? Probably. Because he's, at the end of the day, I Definitely, feel like... Definitely. So a lot of people consider Bregman to be the best third baseman. Exactly. I consider him to be one of the best. I don't think he is the best. I think he's one of the best. Yeah. I, I mean, him before the injuries, you could easily say... Could have Carlos Correa been sold into the ideology saying, this is Houston, my heart's here. Obviously, his heart probably was there. But at the end of the day, he was also in his ear. At the end of the day, what's his value? All yeah. these shortstops got paid. So it's like, if I'm Carlos Correa and I just came off a ring... I'm not just going to sign for $100 million Exactly. when I know that there's 300 on the table. Exactly. And you can keep going on. Maybe later and later down the years, Kyle Tucker, he could get paid. Players like that. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're projecting Kyle, Kyle Tucker's in the talks to be one of the top right fielders in the game. So, exactly. So, like, you can be... So, I feel like in Houston, or corner it's easier there to keep because... To be honest, the only player that they're kind of missing in that core is Correa and Springer. Yeah. But they're still on top. And that also comes with scouting, that comes with coaching. But I feel like there, it's easier to keep a core between Jordan, Kyle Tucker, and whoever else. Because that ideology is put there. Hey, we're here to fucking win. That's it. Yeah, definitely. And that's what they've been doing. Because I remember we were sitting in right field for the second game of the series mm-hmm. when we went to go watch the Yankees in the fucking in Houston and fans are just railing Kyle Tucker from the mm-hmm. from the bleachers fucking hilarious googling his kid's name talking about his wife <laughs> like bro it, it was out of pocket but yeah bro, I was like who the fuck but is? when you play for a team like the Yankees the Dodgers a big market team yo I'm about to get fucking paid and chasing a check. And chasing a check. I feel like in those markets, it's harder to keep. It's harder to keep that that core. I mean, dog. I just witnessed the core of Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, who the fuck else? Everyone's gone. Yeah. But rightfully so. Six, At the end of the day, it's six, time to get paid. Succeed in a big market. Exactly. You know, when your pay, when it's your time to, it's time to get paid. It's it, that's your payday. It's, yeah. That's exactly what you want. But it's also easier for them to build another one. It's also easier for them to spend the money. Because Houston doesn't want to spend money. No, not at all. Houston doesn't want to spend money at all. But it's also easy to fucking get these kids who you're signed. Like, Framber Valdez, they fucking signed his ass for it. They, they gave him a signing um, when they first initially got him. They picked him up for two Gs. Yeah, pennies on the dollar. And now look at him. Yeah. One of the best curveballs in the game. One of the most quality best pitchers in the game. Now, can he just be like, you know what, Houston, love what you've done for me. Love y'all. Thank you for everything. But I'm, I'm going to go test this market and see what, how much I can get. I'd also say look at the demographic between. All right. So look at Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Right. And the conspiracy theorists of the MLB and what they say about what's going on in Atlanta for all their guys signing on pennies on the dollar. Yeah. Right. Clearly signing for contracts that they're valued way more. And you look at the same thing when you look at Houston. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, what are they doing? They're winning. They're winning, yes. But they're signing Dominican kids for pennies on the dollar. Right? And the Dodgers core was full of white Americans. Yeah, that's true. So you can tell 
Valdez, hey, bro, I'm going to give you $4 million a year, AAV. You go back to the DR, and he's changed his whole family's life. Yeah. You tell Corey Seager, hey, I'm going to give you $25 million. And he's like, all right, cool, that takes care of me, but I need some extra money, you know what I mean, for my family, even though they're probably loaded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know what I mean, this, this, and that. But it's just the 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 idea of the world at the at, to the person that you're pitching the contract to, I guess, is kind of what I'm looking at, too. Like that's Dodgers got kicked in the dick because for so many years I was talking about they don't got one brown person on the fucking roster. Yeah, but I think for the Braves too, I think the same ideology is put there. Same thing as Houston. You're buying. You're buying into the organization. You're for buying sure. into the organization for sure because they came off a nice fucking World Series ring in 2021. But you can also you also have the op- the open door to manipulate the players given their background. That's true too. But at the same time, it's either. Because we can look, you can dig into Ronald Acuna's contract. He signed eight years, a hundred million, two years before when they won the World Series. So it's like, and mind you, man, this this kid, this dude, he's our age. This dude, he just wants to play fucking baseball. That's it. He just wants to play fucking baseball, and and you know what? Fuck off anywhere else, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, this is why you hire agents <laughs> to to maximize your value, right? For sure, but. If you're on Zacuna now and you're seeing all these right fielders getting 300 million and you're like, yo, dog, like, I'm here for another four years off some fucking bullshit contract that you had me sign. Same thing with Austin Riley. He, I mean, he got 10 years, 210 million. Manny Machado just signed 11 years, 350. He's the same age as Rafael Devers, who just got 12 years, 330. And it's like, yo. Instead of donating 2% to the Braves Foundation, I could have kept that money and signed somewhere big somewhere else. But again, I feel like Houston and Atlanta is just like, yo, we want you here. We love you here. We obviously want to keep you forever. But you need to buy into our organization as much as we're buying into you. And this is what we feel your value is. And this is what we feel we can get you at. If this is not it, we can talk later. But right now, this is what it is. And there it is. And it's like, okay, yeah, I, I want to be here. I want to stay here. I want to play here. And that's it. I, I feel like those two teams have just a completely just mindset and an ideology put into with these players. Because, again, I mean, at the end of the day, a lot of these teams are signing Dominicans. A lot of these guys are, are signing Cubans, Puerto Ricans. And it's like, yeah, they come from nothing. But when you co-play for a bigger market team, when you go sign with LA, it's like, okay, now they'll go host the ball out. Because now the running joke is, hey, if you want to get paid, go play a shortstop for the Los Angeles Dodgers for a year. I think that I think we'll have a better answer to that part of the question when uh, Julio signs in this, this offseason. Julio who? Urias. Is this year's free agency year, right? Mm-hmm. Last year? I think we'll have a better idea then. But as far yes, as he's also it, in his ear, though. As far as the... He is Boris in his ear, I know. But... Because, mind you, these fucking agents could have told those players, hey, fuck off, dude. We can get money somewhere else. We can else. get you money somewhere else. And I feel and that... I can get money somewhere else, In too. a Ronald Acuna situation, I feel like there's easily a lot of money other places. Easily. Easily. 100%. <laughs> but, like, like I said before, you gotta... We've gotta understand how much they probably have bought in, into that. Because... 
That Braves core is locked in until 2028, except Max Fried. Who's probably going to look elsewhere as well. The white boy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, I mean, we can say that shit, but... But, like, yeah, you know, timing and everything yeah. that comes into consideration, but, I'm yeah. I just think, like... Like, the other day, I joked with our boy. Um, that's place for the Braves right now. Darius. Yeah, not to sign into the internment. I was like, don't be fucking signing ten year, ten million dollars a year, or ten ten million or ten years, ten million dollars. Yeah. And he hits me back with, "Well, it's a mil a year." I'm like, this motherfucker's already bought into it. Like, like, yeah, like, this motherfucker's already bought into it. He's there for life. Like, okay, <laughs> it doesn't matter. But you know what I mean. But it's like it's a joke. Like like when they sign Sean Murphy and they fucking put their fucking their 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 graphic down. He has signed Sean Murphy to a five-year, $60 million deal. He has do- he's donated 1% of his contract to the Bears Foundation. It's like, motherfucker, damn. Like, especially for Michael Harris's case. I was mad when he signed that contract. I was livid. I was like, bro, you could have gotten, like, you could have just did your six years. But, you're, but exam, we're talking about guys, like, that come from backgrounds that are exactly like Darius. You know what I mean? We're not talking about. No, that's true. Darius didn't grow up in the fucking the hood of the DR, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Hill Street, you know yeah, what I mean? We're just like a lot of us, middle middle class fucking family, right? Still talking about, well, that's a million dollars a year. You got leverage over these kids that don't come from places that yeah, that's true. That are just like, well, shit, you know, that's a lot better than everything I, I heard. There, so I, you, know, know, I, you maximize your fucking exactly. Value. But <laughs> if, if if you and me were right there, handling if I'm doing that, I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, all right, I'm done. If you or even if, on the back end, right? If you and me are handling one of our friends' contracts like that, we're like, well, there's a lot more money that could be on the table. Yeah. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, he's the one that signs the paper. So if he's yeah. saying that a million dollars is cool, then it's cool. Yeah, and if that's true. good enough for a kid from our background, imagine if you're going to pay $20 million to the $30 million player that's from the Dominican Republic. Or for $2,000 just for this guy to you try out. Me? He's yeah. going to be... The, his family is now... The I can just picture that transaction between Famber Valdez and Houston Astros. You know I, mean? my, I got two G's on me right now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but when they pay Acuna fucking even that it is what an AAV of like nineteen mm, twenty yeah. million dollars a year, bro. His family is out there with fucking armed guards, dogs, everything. You know, ain't nobody, and nobody, well, ain't no joke right now. Nobody too, in so. the country could touch him. Yeah, his family. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day. That suffices. Yeah, but the Dodgers picked, got, groomed a core that 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 is not going to suffice. Yeah, that's not going to suffice. The Yankees are doing it right now. We're not going to be able to retain Volpe, Trey Sweeney. You know what I mean? The, when the, those dudes are ready, we better hope that Peraza and Dominguez are ready to take a pay cut mm-hmm. so we could pay them. Yeah. If not, they're fucked. Because the money isn't going to suffice with yeah. the the needs at the end of the day. You saw, you saw but that. I feel like like when we go back to our conversation with the whole point of this episode, it's like the, the, the evolution of the game. I feel like it's now in sports, the mindset of getting paid is just different. It's 100% different from back then because those guys, I love playing baseball. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, for sure. Now it's like, well, this guy got paid this much. How much can I get paid? This guy isn't good, but he got paid this much. You I think that paid. changed with the A-Rod contract? No, because he was more deserving. At the end of the day, you got to look at it this way. 
players don't get paid for what they're gonna do. They're gonna get they get paid for what they've done. What A Rod done to get that contract is insane. But at the end of the day, I feel that the figures on the contract. Well, depending on what contract you're talking about, I'm talking about his Texas one or his or his New York one. What we paid. I know that, but the the first one he signed or the second one he signed. Uh, we'll say the one that we adopted. The one that I we thought you on. guys had just. I thought you guys resigned because he opted out of that one, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he did opt out, and then we paid him a V of twenty. It was like twenty seven. I, I think, think it's twenty. Yeah, twenty six, twenty seven. When it comes to Arod's first contract, obviously the money it talks. He earned it in Seattle. He earned it in Seattle. The money talks, but at some point in time, I feel like for him, it's like. Okay, now winning matters. I don't want to be here no more. Because every year he was there, he was putting up MVP numbers, but he was in last place. Yeah. So it's like, is it really worth 28 million a year? Nah, not. To him, to players like that, nah, not really. Now, when we look at Aros, because like I said, in Texas, he was putting up mad numbers. So for him to still get paid by New York, I mean, yeah, he was putting up mad numbers. Yeah, no, no, no. The production was still there. I just... I just think I always go back to thinking that it's the A-Rod contract because I remember it. It's how I remember it was like I remember when it happened. My dad was like, "We got A-Rod." It was like, "All right, cool, we got A-Rod." Mm-hmm. Like, "All right, cool, third base or whatever the situation with Jeter is," because yeah. it wasn't really unfolded. But I, assuming he's going to play third, mm-hmm. and my dad was like, "I think it's cool that the dude, his last name is Rodriguez, and he's the most." He's the wealthiest. He's signed the biggest contract in sports. You know what I mean? I think that kind of opened the door for every other player mm-hmm. after that, regardless of background or regardless of everything. Because before that, you see predominantly dudes that came from the U.S., straight white lineage, lineage would get the highest paid contracts. And I think that's what I think. A Rod was kind of the guy that opened the door for everybody to get the get the big money finally. That makes sense. Wasn't he also from New York too? He's from New York. Yeah, but like but family wise, family yeah. wise, you know what I mean. But also, it wasn't like when you, if you would get Eric Gagne like the contract. Yeah, but I feel like well, I feel like with that too though, it's just nowadays. Obviously, just it, I think it comes to a little bit of production now. Now for sure. Now for sure. Now it's for like sure. I'm not paying Cody Bellinger seventeen and a half million for one year. I'm not. I'm sorry. You don't deserve that money. I'm not going to pay Joey Gallo but 11 million a year. Even if you go off of, off of Belly's current contract, do you think that he's a little bit overpaid paid up based off of his production the past couple of years? Uh, of course. And that MVP season was four years ago, if I'm not mistaken? It was definitely four. Yeah, yeah And was. he's still getting... He gets more money than... Uh, he for sure get more money than Yelly. It's, I think they're almost identical. But the difference is, right, his production's been down since then. Also, yeah. And Yelly's been, so, but he's been locked into a contract since then. Oh, yeah, that too, yeah. If Yelly hit the market now, no, no, not getting paid what Belly got paid. No. That's Probably what I'm talking not. about. Yeah. But then again, you, you, I actually, now I think about it, I think that's kind of hard. Because it goes back to the conversation. He got this much. I can get this much. I, I, that's how I feel about it because at the same time when Lindor got paid it's like why is he getting that money 
Then you look at the other elite shortstops. If he got paid that much, I can get almost this much too. But I wouldn't consider either of them to be elite. No, definitely not. They're not. Middle of the pack at best. But I feel like... But you're right. But at the same time, if if we had the same production and you're getting that money, yo, I can get the same. A team is going to bite. Because now the game has changed that way. And I get made fun of for it. This is the market now. Because it is. This is what it is. Because before those situations could not, would not even be. It wouldn't even be in question. It wouldn't even be. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be in the ballpark. They would look at you and laugh and be like, nine is the most I can do for you." Maybe even that. Maybe even that. But now it's like, well, this is your market. All right, well, fuck. I need a center fielder. And that's what's fucked about it. Because when I always talk about with people with the core Seager situation. When I look at the, the Dodgers shortstop situation, and obviously the RIP to Gavin Lux's knee, that shit was horrible. Um, when I look at the Corey Seager situation, it's like, okay, you, you bred a good young shortstop. Obviously, his glove isn't really much there. But you know he's going to get paid because of what he's done, especially getting that contract after what Lindor got. Because yeah. Lindor has the glove, but his production since, it hasn't been great. Yeah. His production before then, it was good. It wasn't great. It was good. You've got Corey Seager coming in to being a silver slugger, a rookie of the year, all-star, um, COVID World Series champ, World Series MVP. All that shit gets put into account. Yeah. Right? For me, as a Dodger fan, I'm like, you... And then when they traded for Trey Turner, I'm like, okay, that, that's it for Corey Seager. That's it, because you're not going to keep this guy at second base the whole time. Right? Before then, even the whole situation, even in 2018, the whole situation, we should keep Manny Machado at short. We're not because they're going to end up paying fucking Seager way less than what Machado's going to get next season. So that's not going to happen. I'm going to fucking let Corey Seager ride out his arbitration years. Then he'll get paid somewhere else. Then we're going to keep Trey until his last arbitration year was last season, paying 21 mil instead of the 32 and a half that he's getting in Texas, and then let him walk as well. Yeah. My point for this, it's like, why are we making all these moves to trade for this guy and now we're left with whoever when Corsier could have been locked up way more, way years before all these mega contracts have been handed out, which could have been, which would have been because you would have essentially got him on sale. You would have exactly. You would have got him on sale. If you would have just handed when they wanted, when they want, when they offered him that contract, it was right when, right after Tatis got paid and right after um, Lindor got paid. They had offered him, um, and this was also before, or they got he got that contract after, he got that contract after by LA after the Lindor shit, Tatis's contract, and after Correa's market. Because at his market, it was kind of stalemating between what he was getting from Houston and his contract offer from Texas. So it was like ten years, two eighty five. Yeah. The Dodgers offered Corey Seager eight years, 260, with the possibility of moving to third base because Trey Turner's will be there for another year. Now it's like I can get literally two more years, 60 million more than what yeah. you're giving me. Yeah. But that's, that, that's how I feel like it is now. He got this, I can get that. Oh, well, that guy just got that. I can get this too. You think it's better to hold, hold out and mm-hmm. when you're the – Top of the class, or do you think that is better to sign early? If Saturday? you're top, if you're absolutely top of the class, and you've you've, 
I don't say you've convinced yourself, but you're you're highly confident that you can sustain this level of production. Is it like you can have a big year, drop off a little bit, but it's still good, and just be consistent? You write it out, cause it pays off. That's the whole point. It pays off. But if you like these other players who are bought into the team, are sold into it, are loving what the what they're doing more than just you know dealing with you. Then yeah, I extend me. I don't want to be in arbitration no more. Just just lock me up. Yeah, I think that's the difference because the Rays locked up Wander Franco easily, just like that. The Mariners locked up Julio Rodriguez just like that. And mind you, his contract is worth up to four hundred seventy million. His base salary or his base Basis. earnings is two hundred and ten. Yeah. So there's got to be like a mutual a thing. It's like I'm locked into this team. But we're locked into you. Let's talk. Set a floor, set a ceiling. Exactly. For Corey Seager, I felt like, well, he got paid this. Pay me that. Yeah. For Trey Turner, I'm going to talk to San Diego. They just offered me 340. This is what I really want from you guys. What are you going to give me? Okay, we'll give you that. Yeah, for sure. Dander Bogarts, hey, Boston. San Diego is offering me this. Boston, nah, we're good. You can walk. All right, I'm going to San Diego. Well... If you tuned in this episode, I'm sorry that we, one, took an hour. And if for some weird reason, if you were watching baseball in the early 2010s, which we did not discuss at all. Um, <laughs> I feel like that was, now we talk about that, I feel like that was like some of the best baseball. Almost some of the best baseball. It was some of the most competitive baseball. Competitive as fuck. I feel like that's easily one of the most competitive eras in baseball. And I almost feel that we should do a whole episode just on that era because there were so many different teams year in and year out that were worth a shit. That are no longer worth a shit. They're no longer. Just completely fell off the face of the earth. So I think that's a whole other topic that we should talk about. But I appreciate you guys tuning into this episode, listening to us rant about the steroid era, current era, changes to current day. And we'll see what we get next. I'm Kane. I'm Cruz. Appreciate you guys. See you on the next one.